Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. This is Dynamation. This is Dynamation. This is Dynamation. Dynamation will be brought to the screen for the first time in color with the release of Columbia Pictures' The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Dynamation is a new process which utilizes new technical and scientific advances in electronics and color to open up vast new vistas in motion picture entertainment. Some of this demonstration film is being projected in color, some in black and white. But the feature picture itself is entirely in color. Anything the mind can conceive can now be brought to the screen. As for example, this scene from The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, in which the Princess Parisa, played by Catherine Grant, is reduced to doll size by the magician Sokura. The outflung arm of the sleeping princess actually shrinks before your eyes. This effect was achieved by taking the camera back slowly for 40 feet. To prevent the slightest movement of the arm, Catherine Grant was tied to a stake, remaining motionless and scarcely even breathing. The pillow on which the princess sleeps while the magician is shrinking her was 25 feet high and 40 feet wide. It occupied one full corner of a soundstage in Madrid, Spain, where most of the picture was filmed. The princess, originally life-size, was reduced by shooting from 70 feet away. Finally, the various components of the sequence were put together in the Technicolor optical printer in London. In Dynamation, producer Charles Schneer and special effects expert Ray Harryhausen have combined animation, normal human action, and trick photo effects in color. Principal actors like Kerwin Matthews, who plays Sinbad, Catherine Grant, Richard Eyer, the genie of the magic lamp, and Torin Thatcher, the magician, are used in combination with three-dimensional figurines. The process has been years on the drawing boards and in actual testing with color film. In the seventh voyage of Sinbad, you will see the two-headed rock of the Arabian Nights Tales, a bird with the wingspread of a jet airliner. You will see it attack a shipload of sailors and carry Sinbad away in its talons. You will see a fight to a finish between a 50-foot cyclops and a 100-foot dragon. You will see an astonishing sword fight between Sinbad and a skeleton which comes to life at the magician's bidding. 
Every movement in this sequence was carefully plotted in advance with precise markings for Sinbad and for insertion of the skeleton. Matthews, playing Sinbad, was coached by Italian Olympic fencing coach Enzo Greco in endless rehearsals, during which the fencing master stood in for the skeleton. Later, the actor had to pantomime his every move without his opponent. Then the skeleton was inserted via dynamation to match the movements of the fencing instructor. The seventh voyage of Sinbad is the eighth wonder of the screen. Hi guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo, and joined again by the one-eyed Cyclops. Yeah, Kyle. That's right. I only have one eye. Actually, you'd be the four-eyed Cyclops. Four-eyed glasses. You know, don't ask me about my fifth eye, though. I don't talk about that. Um, Yeah, Kyle here. So here we are. This is episode uh, 83. Um, Actually, it's more like 183, but... We didn't really label all the episodes. Eighty-three-ish. Yeah. <laughs> so we will be talking about the uh, stop uh, motion claymation uh, movie, the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Sinbad. What a fun movie! It is. It is a it is a ridiculous movie in a fun way. It's but good. Kyle, mm-hmm. you have questions, don't you? I do. If you were the man that found the lamp with the genie with the uh, seven-year-old boy inside, As you what do. would have been your one wish, if you could have one wish, I, not one three, one. Wi- Peace on earth. No, I have, I have. Wow, that's a, that's a that's a bad on spot question because I I could just. <laughs> there's no. You remember answer. the rules? You can't ask for more wishes. You can't can't make them fall in love. <laughs> you can't bring anybody back from yeah, the dead. Just I can't get a golf GF. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I it's just some really nice shoes. <laughs> the world's most it's, expensive pair of shoes. You know, get some nice Adidas going, be good. Mm. You we we could wish you for know, a pair of shoes that never faded or tore Run DMC up, concert tickets. You know, not not to the show, just the tickets. Just give me the tickets so I could say I went there. <laughs> you could just say... Uh, Autographed copy of uh, the, the, the Bill Cosby show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sure to pay off that one. <laughs> I'm sure you don't want the picture page pen that I showed you. The <laughs> <laughs> All right, before this derails... No, 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 Jim, I got to flow back, back at you. What would you get? Um, With your one wish. One wish. I want to build a castle with a moat around it with alligators. That's... that's to keep that's, people away. <laughs> Preferably in Germany. Um, Except always, me. I've always wanted to go to Germany. Oh, I thought you meant to keep Germans out. Uh, no, <laughs> like, no, <wow>. God. <laughs> no, to build the castle in Germany. Well, I guess it would be keep, it, keep yeah, everybody would, out. But mainly Germans, though. They'd be the closest to it. Well, yeah, I am so, part German. You so. hate the Germans. That's what I hear. No, I'm, I don't hate my own family. Known German hater, Jimbo. <laughs> Oh, uh, he's getting canceled right now. The as we seventh speak. voyage of the swastika is that what you're saying? Oh, you agree? You totally took this and derailed it somewhere. We've all somewhere. been there. Okay, <laughs> you know, Jimbo, we this is a movie podcast. We should stay on topic. I'm just right. saying. You're the one that threw it back at me, and this so started going crazy. Of you. I can't even believe you right now. So why don't you go ahead and take it over, then, Kyle? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll do the. I'll do the thing. I, you know, <laughs> I, I at least have some similar. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle is the Heiner. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> I was just following orders. <laughs> Can a Hogan. Hasta <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> 
This took a very weird turn. Go ahead. Let's get back onto the seventh voyage of Sinbad. The seventh voyage of Sinbad. All right. It's a film. It was released on December 23rd, 1958. Directed by Nathan Geron. Written by Ken Kolb. Um, Producer, Charles S. Schneer. And composer, Bernard Herman. Great. 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 Uh, grandfather to no, the, he's a what? great composer. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Bernard Herman. Actually, I don't know Bernard Herman. You're gonna, yeah. You just, yeah. You, you get no. the, dropping the pen. You can hear a uh, pen yeah. drop, literally. <laughs> I can't believe it. You I call yourself a movie person. You don't know who Bernard Herman is. He made noises. I guess cool. Cinematogra- <sighs> cinematographer was Wilkie Cooper. <laughs> um, budget was six hundred fifty thousand dollars in 1958 in today's value that'd be about 6.2 million dollars so kyle just because you don't know some of the most famous uh movies that he's worked worked on for musical scores uh vertigo, vertigo. north by northwest uh twisted nerve taxi driver psycho the man who knew too much citizen kane the trouble with harry the day the earth stood still you know one of your favorite movies <laughs> Uh, the Wrong Man, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, The Ghost of Mrs. Muir, Mysterious Island, ah, Cape Bernard Fear, Herman. Fahrenheit 451, Jason the Argonauts. Do I need to go on? Because uh, Nobody's seen any of those movies. Who are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, haven't even seen your favorite movie. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I mean, he's done a... a Bernard Herman. Okay, he sounds great. Um, honestly, yes, I'm sure he's made great noises. You know, So, yes, Bernard Herman just doesn't... We, we film these in the morning, people. I don't know names off the top of my head like that. Jimbo knows everything, apparently, as we've learned. He knows all the people who ever starred in Scarface ever and <laughs> a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, that, that's, a, that's a callback joke from last week, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a, the Seventh Voyage of Scarface. Seventh Voyage of Scarface. <laughs> Say hello to my little boat, my little lamp. <laughs> it has a child inside of it. And a princess. Um, okay, technical details for the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. This movie has a runtime of 88 minutes, so a nice short film. But it's so, a fun film. It is a, yes, it is a fun short film. Sound mix is just a mono, one track from West Track's recording system. Color info, this is a color film, technicolor. Aspect ratio, we have a 1.66 by 1 in the original ratio, and the theatrical ratio was a 1.85 by 1. Then we have a film length, we have 2,399 millimeters, just shy of 2,400. Whew. Moving on, we have the Terrence Level Awards section. And we have just one award where it was nominated for a Hugo Award, specifically the Best Traumatic Presentation. That was going to, that nomination was going towards Ken Kolb, Nathan Drawn, and Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen! That's name recognized. See? Okay. Yeah, I know. That I know. Clash of the Titans. Yes, and all that. Yes, yes. Ray Harryhausen. So, okay. And let's see here. Let's go on to uh, whew, casting details. The fun stuff for me. The part I'm known for. My, it's, this, is the or second, lack of this is the follow up to my debut from last week, as they say. <laughs> part we, two. <laughs> part duo. <laughs> um, we have Kern Matthews playing Sinbad. The titular Sinbad. He was also in films such as the 1960 film The Three Worlds of Gulliver, kind of a Gulliver Travels based book movie. You sure? In, in the 19th, I'm sure Gulliver, The Three Worlds of Gulliver. It's in the it's Gulliver. You sure? It, I'm less sure every second every time you ask. Um, <laughs> then we have the 1963 film OSS 117, and we have the Pirates of Blood River. <laughs> 
That sounds like a great movie. Yes. Um, next up, we have Catherine Grant playing uh, Princess Parissa. She was in the film, 1959 film, Anatomy of a Nerd. Uh, anatomy, anatomy, anatomy of a Murder. I thought you said Anatomy of a Nerd. I was anatomy like, wow. of a Nerd. It's a good name for a movie, honestly. Anatomy of a, of an, anatomy of a Murder. Okay, then we have the the night the world exploded. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, she's actually still alive today, and her um, her 88th birthday will be on November 25th. So that'll be just after this, uh, just a month after this podcast, so probably debuts pretty soon. And uh, she was most recently in the film The Queen of Lot in 2010. Hmm. Yes. Next up, we have Richard Eyer playing the genie. He was in such films as The Invisible Boy in 1957 and Johnny Rocco in 1958. He was also uh, shortly in the TV show The uh, Stagecoach West between 1960 and 1961. Next up, we have Torin Thatcher playing... Uh, Sakura the Magician I believe what was Sakura yeah Sakura mm-hmm. the Magician and he was in <coughs> such films as the 1957 Witness for the Prosecution 1952 Blackbeard the Pirate I like how it's Blackbeard the Pirate you know so just to clarify it's Blackbeard the Pirate guys not Blackbeard the Mailman not Blackbeard the Cable Guy it's Blackbeard the Pirate so now you know then he was also in the film the 1946 film Great Expectations next up we have Alec Mango playing Cliff he was in such films as the 1951 Captain Horatio Hornblower and the 1958 film The Strange World of Planet X and the 1959 film The Angry Hills. Next, we have Danny Green playing Karim. They were in such films as The Lady Killers in 1955. And in 1957, he was in Wide Awake. And in 1963, he was in The Old Dark House. Next up, we have Harold Casket playing uh, Sultan. Um, they were in such films as Moulin Rouge in 1952, uh, Reluctant Bandit in 1965, and The Tomorrow People in 1975. And lastly, we have Alfred Brown playing Harufa. Um, he was in the film 1965 film Cracking the World in 1965, and the 1959 film John Paul Jones. And they were also in one episode of the show, The Conrad Nigel Theater Show, in 1955. And that is the extent of their acting cast. For right. the same um, I love uh, movies like this that are the stop animation. I just think it brings an extra sense of cheesiness to the movie, but also uh, cheesiness, yes, but it, to me it almost seems more realistic. I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah, yeah, it has that, uh, you know, that real... You know. I guess because back then, when I was a kid and we'd watch these, um, your imagination didn't have to go too much further than that because you actually could see something portrayed on TV like that or a movie like that. Yeah. And it has a texture to it, a real sense of physicality that you can't get with necessarily. Well, not necessarily you can't get it, but it's very difficult with CG or any other kind of method. That you know, stop motion just you know feels right, right, in a really interesting way. It has its own unique properties to it, like that. So we'll talk a little bit about this fun movie and some different technical aspects of it and everything. So um, the Cyclops <laughs> in this movie were given satire-like legs, so audience would know it was not just a man in a costume. Mm-hmm. That's good too. Yeah, but uh, you mean centaur? You said satire. No, satire like Sa- oh yeah, oh yeah, satire like I'm sorry, I heard centaur like. Did you say centaur? Kyle, wow, yeah. mm-hmm. no, uh, 
two I'm, totally different things you're thinking a of. A centaur, you know, a man with a horse I know a centaur, but that's not yeah. a satire. Okay, you satire. Satire centaur. Satire. Yeah, satire centaur. <laughs> Satir Centaur. That's my next band name. It's going uh, good. Uh, this is, I'm going off the rails this today, was, folks. Yes, this was actually the first feature using stop motion animation effects to be completely shot in color. So um, it holds high regards right there. Um, initially, Ray Harryhausen wanted Miklos Rosa or Max Steiner to score this film. Charles H. Schneer persuaded Harryhausen to hire Bernard Herrmann instead. Herrmann's score was so well received, and he worked so well with Schneer and Harryhausen, he ended up scoring three more of their films, The Three Worlds of Gulliver Travels, yeah, <laughs> A Mysterious Island, and Jason and the Argonauts in 1963. Uh, Rosa scored The Golden Voyage of Sinbad in 1973, though. After making 20 million miles to Earth in 1957, Ray Harryhausen's interest shifted from modern-day sci-fi monster thrillers to fantasy adventures with monsters set in a romantic past. Mm-hmm. This poor guy, with one scene left to shoot, Kerwin Mathers came down with a 107-degree fever. Ooh, Producer hot. Charles A. Schneer kindly asked him, would you come and do this one shot? Kerwin agreed to do the scene, in which Sinbad steers his ship through a storm with everyone else on board in agony from the sounds of screaming demons on a nearby island. In the middle of the day, he was propped up against the ship's wheel, and the fire department siphoned water from the local harbor, pelting him and the rest of the cast on the ship with water, dead rats, and other things. Oh, my god! A still from this scene was on the cover of the film's original 1958 Colpix Records LP soundtrack by Bernard Herrmann, something Kerwin was very proud of. Uh, Varese uh, Sarabendi, or Sarabande Records reissued the album with the same cover in 1980 in stereo. Man. <laughs> hey, just come do this one scene. It's going to last all day, and you're going to be pelted with dead rats and rain, but hey. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, you know, um, I understand why, but also that's still too terribly common, even in today's cinema. Like, it doesn't matter. Short of dying, like, if but you... But 107 if, degree fever? Yeah, like, short of dying, if you're still alive, they're going to make you work. You know, they will they will string you like a puppet if they need to, <laughs> to get you for that one scene they need. But they will find a way to film you if you're, like, you know, if you're the lead actor and you got everyone on the set, you know, wasting time, getting paid to do nothing while you're busy being sick, they'll, they'll find a way to make it But 170 degree out. fever, that's pretty serious. Oh, no, that's insanely serious. I'm saying, like, they should have done it. You know, in an ideal world, they wouldn't. But also, I totally understand, like, you know, like, if you're a director or, like, a producer, like, you're just burning money by the minute, and this guy's saying, I got a fever. You don't care at that point. But a hundred and seven, you're going to kill your actor. (laughs) Like, like... Well, we've been in the same case, like when like the factory line or something like that down. You see everyone else, like the you know, upper management, losing their minds with the money they're losing at that second. Meanwhile, we don't care. We couldn't care less. <laughs> but that's just the same thing. Where it's like they'll do everything they can to do it. They'll they'll tie ropes to the line and pull it themselves if they have to. They don't care. The biggest push trucks. They don't care as long as they get it done. <laughs> um, the uh, the soundtrack by Bernard Herrmann's uh, is actually one of the most sought after albums by soundtrack collectors. Um, it was finally released on CD, though, along with the full score in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, producer Charles H. Schneer considered this film, uh, film Bernard Herrmann's best work for one of his and Ray Harryhausen's film. The music for The Three Worlds of Gulliver was Herrmann's favorite among the scores he wrote for Harryhausen and Schneer, which included Mysterious Island and also Jason and the Argonauts. You know, that's why I always say, you know, Bernard Herrmann, like, one of my favorite composers of all time, really, and I just a legendary act, you know, legendary composer, and just, uh, truly love him to death. I mean, like, never made a bad film. <laughs> like, so that's why I never, never his name. Never knew and, who he was. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he created a unique set of orchestra colors for each film. Yeah. Uh, her role as the princess led Catherine Grant to another film role for Columbia, doing the voice of the Princess in the animated Mr. Magoo feature, 1001 Arabian Nights in 1959, the very next following year. Oh, wow. 
I should have done the cast note. Oh, well. Ray Harryhausen built the Cyclops models over the skeletal armature of the monsters from 20 million miles to Earth in 1957. Made the previous year. Ironically, he initially conceived uh, of the uh, Venusian monster as a Cyclops. The genie's voice echoes when he speaks. When he becomes a real boy at the end, uh, the echo is gone. So um, it's just showing the difference. Uh, things that he's doing, you know, when he's a genie, it's echoey. When he's yeah. like, I'm a real boy, you know. <laughs> yeah, trying to say like, okay, this is him using his power. This is him not. So well, this is him effective in a- filmmaking. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, there's a part where Alfred Brown is dubbed. I'm trying to see where my notes got cut off. All I see, all I got was Alfred Brown is dumb. Like I mean, like, like the entire film or just the one scene. I can't, I can't see. I can't. I couldn't tell when I was watching the film that he was yeah. being dubbed, but that's also me not paying attention, probably. Uh, the single skeleton which duels Sinbad in this film was the prototype for the half-dozen skeleton warriors fought by the crew of the Argo and Jason and the Argonauts, which we're going to cover at some point on this podcast because it's a great movie, too. Yeah. I guess another like, broader thing I noticed in this one, like a lot of the stop-motion effects almost feel like, they almost feel like proof-of-concept shots for Jason and the Argonauts and future films like that. Like, a lot of this feels like it almost said, like, hey, just to prove we can do this in stop motion for other films, because not a lot of films did this before, but a lot of films took uh, advantage from this afterwards, I feel like. Right. You know, from what I can see. Like, so this is a, this is a, this is a ground, a foundational film for many stop motion works. Uh, Ray Harryhausen gave the Cyclops that fights the dragon at the end a second cranial horn to distinguish it from the Cyclops that was from the beach. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, the stone brook with red wine running uh, through it is the very same location in Spain that the crew in Mysterious Island discovered with fresh water running through it. Juan Olaguevo is dubbed. His character's uh, repeated utterance of, that's right, uses the same audio sample each time. Just to say, wow. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. Richard Iyer had already played a character that could vanish into thin air in The Invisible Boy in 1957. Uh, oh, here you go. Yes, the invisible boy. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. When the mutineers break into Sinbad's quarter in the ship and the fist fight breaks out, the uh of Curly Howard of the Three Stooges can clearly be heard at least three times as the mutineers are punched by Sinbad and fall. The first is at 33-32 and the second is at 34-05. This is one of the cues for Columbia Pictures Sound Effects Library and guarantees hilarity once you realize what it is. You also hear it at least one Stooges slap during the fight. <laughs> wow. I, have to go re- I had to go back and watch that now just to feel it. <laughs> just to feel it? Just to feel it. <laughs> uh, the film was originally intended to end with a narration uh, stating that Barani, having become a real boy after being released from his role as genie, would grow up to be a captain like Sinbad and marry a princess of his own. I'm a real boy. <laughs> Uh, the princess wears a dress during the magic show ceremony that has an obviously long zipper in the back. Clothing zippers did not appear until the 20th century. <laughs> it's, just, it's almost like Sinbad is a fantasy Head of her time, yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, During the mutiny, Sinbad's third punch misses, but is hard to connect. So, mm-hmm. uh, the number of uh, buttons on the magician shirt changes constantly throughout the film. I always thought those were funny. Where do they hide? It's magic. Magic. That's what I'm saying. Uh, When the first scene is shown of Baghdad, the name of the city is misspelled as Baghdad, so it's missing the H. (laughs) Uh, When the mini Parisian manages to push the wooden bolt out of the lid of the Cyclops' cage, Kerwin immediately pushes open the lid. And this is something I noticed when I was watching it. You remember when she shrunk? Yeah. And he goes to push the lid open. It would have squashed her. She's still standing on top of her right where you released the thing. You got up. I didn't think about that. No, because <laughs> she was only this big. You remember she shuggles the... I just, just ran off. I, I, yeah, I yeah. Know. She flew off or whatever she did. I don't know. She was using her magic stuff. 
Um, on their first encounter with the Cyclops, uh, they are rowing out to the boat with the Cyclops hurls a big boulder at them. The boulder, hit, the boulder hits the water, makes a splash, but then it starts to float rather than sink like a rock. <laughs> As the crew arrives on the island, they see a wooden cage with a skeleton hanging inside. In reality, the bones would fall apart as the body dried out. In the scene, the wires holding the bones together are clearly, clearly visible. Clearly Clearly. Visible. Uh, the bone man. Okay. When Sinbad, the Sultan, and uh, Sakura are in the courtyard planning the return to the Cyclops Island, there is a small modern house on the hill in the background. Uh, and his close-up on the poop deck, which is where <laughs> Kyle would be, uh, Karam's big hoop earring That's can be clearly been. seen to be tied to his unpierced ear by a string emerging from his bandana. Touche. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> these these little subtle jokes that are made. That <laughs> subtle jabs. Uh, uh, when Sinbad fights off the mutineer up on the mast, he acts with his left arm as if he had been stabbed by him uh, on his side, but he doesn't hold a knife. So, uh, Kyle... What's your thoughts on Sinbad? Sinbad. Seven Sinbad. You know, it, I think it's a fun kids film that definitely goes a lot of places. <laughs> I appreciate that. So overall, it's a it's, it's it's entertaining enough, and it was a fine film for the time. And I appreciate its historical value for what kind of films got made after it because of it. So overall, I think it's a good film worth watching at least once, probably. Not like a required classic necessarily, but it is a fun one. So overall, I like the film. Jimbo, how would you feel about it? Oh, a top ten. No. Top ten. <laughs> top four. This is the... This, no, it's... This, uh, it, <laughs> you know, out of all the stop animation movies I've seen, I don't know if I ever watched this one. Um, I've seen Classified, you know, uh, Jason the Argonauts and stuff like that. But this might be my first time ever watching this. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, like the Rook, the... the Two-headed eagle-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Buzzard. I've seen, like, still pictures of them, and I've seen some, like, trailers, like, clips and stuff, but I don't... This is the first time that I actually remember sitting down and watching this all the way through. It's a fun movie. Um, if you like that stop animation style, as such as Clash of the Titans, Jason of the Argonauts, as we have said, um, you're going to enjoy this movie. Um, it's over-the-top cheesiness at times, which I just absolutely love. Um, it's just a fun film. Uh, yeah. I wasn't bored by it. Uh, just see some of the special effects, especially when she starts shrinking. Remember? Oh and, yeah. And uh, the the uh, I thought the uh, sorcerer guy did a really good job uh, acting. Um, the the dragon at the end it was really cheesy, but I liked it. The Cyclops versus the dragon was a really cool fight. Yeah, it, 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 it plays itself as like earnestly as possible to the point like if you're willing to go on board with it, it's a fun journey. That's what you right. know, I kind of get from it. You know, I was like, yeah, like of course it's not realistic, but also like it's it's for the era. Hey, it's entertaining. And they made several of the series of Sinbad, so uh, it must have done pretty well for itself. When anyway. I think of Sinbad, I just think of the music artist. <laughs> just when I think of that, I think of the comedian Sinbad. Like the, yeah, the, the comedian and music artist Sinbad, just like House Guest and yeah. a bunch of other films and <laughs> great actor <laughs> House Guest and uh, oh, what was that? Remember that, that Christmas movie with uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Jingle all the it? way, Jingle all the way. Love yeah. that film too. We gotta do that movie sometime. We already <laughs> did it, Kyle. If you listen up to the podcast, this is a podcast. I thought we just hung out. I know you're. I know you're jumping in after year two. You know, there's two years of movies. You probably should go back and, and check out that what we've done and not done. I gotta go see year one of the MCU, but of the the tragedy cinema podcast. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of going to see, um, it's not set in stone yet. As soon as it is, I'll put it out there on all the social media. But next July, uh, we're not sure of the date yet. But next July, we will be holding a live podcast. Uh, what would you call it? Live podcast 
recording, live podcast recording, like not recording, audience but recording. Yes, like know. like we'll be doing a live podcast with a live show. Jerry yeah. and Tracy Pauly from Hillbilly Horror Stories, as well as Todd Hedges and his group, uh, Middle Aged and Creeped Out. Um, we're trying to finalize the uh, venue, venue right now. Yeah. Um, so me and Kyle's getting to go look at something right here in a minute. So hopefully we'll have it nailed out today. Um, but yeah, we'll be in July, and it will be around the Indianapolis area somewhere. Uh, so we'll let you know as soon as it is and when tickets go on sale and everything. So we'd love to have you come hang out with us and meet us, um, talk some movies with us, whatever you want to do. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. That should be a fun time. Be, and yeah, who knows, maybe we I'm can excited. finally find Terrence and make a genie wish to see if he can come. Exactly. We'll conjure genies. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know. We'll have to get Terrence <laughs> I'll, to come I'll, too, leave, so. I'll bring him treats. We good. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, I think this episode is coming to a close. And that's a wrap. And cut. <laughs>